Mark 9, 14 through 29. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. Is this mic coming in? He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation. Now he's really rebuking his disciples here. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, he's crying, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Difference Between Curiosity and Desperation. The Difference Between Curiosity and and desperation. And I would like to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that you would have your way. I pray that you would speak to our lives, God. I pray that you would do an awesome work before this day is done. And we give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's a big difference between curiosity and desperation. In my house, we've had a lot of cats through the years. Edgar... He was vicious. Elvis, Pan, Paloma, Penelope, and now Hemingway. I've got some pics of Hemingway, I think. Hemingway is is a very curious cat. Here he is looking in my back window, and he's saying to me, Hey, Donovan, what you doing in there? Why won't you let me in there? I sure would like to be in there with you, Donovan. That's what he's saying. Because I think we had already fed him at this point. He's just checking us out. Now, he's also curious when it comes to other little creatures in our yard. For instance, here's a poor serpent that met its end because of the curiosity of Hemingway. Hemingway's just checking him out. And Hemingway knows which animals to be curious and play with and which animals to leave alone. For instance, 
There's a cutoff point. If the snake's too big, Hemingway just watches it and doesn't mess with it. If it's a possum, well, he lets the big possums go. And he, out of desperation at times, if we haven't fed him, he will eat little possums. He has no problem with that. There's a difference between curiosity and desperation. There are times when maybe, you know, when the kids were there, they would forget to feed him. And I would go out and I would find a feather and a beak. And I realized he was desperate. He wasn't just curious. And he took care of business. There have been times I found little feet from possum or a little tail from a rat. Or sometimes, you know, a piece of a bat. And it was all because of desperation. Because he would eat that. It would be gone. There's a difference between curiosity and desperation. And when you add kittens or, or puppies, for that matter, to your pets, it goes to another level. Uh, take Wesley and Kelly's dog, Betsy. Betsy is a mastiff, I think. And, and Betsy hates everybody. I remember going to their house years ago. And, and I'm the dog whisperer. That's how I see myself, you know. And so I go up to Betsy and I'm trying. Betsy's not having any of it. Betsy hates everybody. I would blame that on Wesley's treatment of Betsy. But she seems to love Wesley. And so I, I'm like, hey, Betsy, I'm doing all this. And she's just looking at me with a hatred. Then she had puppies. And now it's, it's just a deadly thing to get around Betsy. It's been said that a mother who is desperate to save her child with adrenaline flowing can lift up a car if that's what it takes to rescue that child. Amen. There have been fathers who have been desperate enough to save their kid that they ran into a burning building. To rescue that child. It's not like that woman said. I wonder if I can pick up this car. That's curiosity. It was a different attitude altogether. I will pick up this car. To save my baby. It's not like that father was saying. I wonder how long I can last. In that smoke and in that fire. But to save his kid. Desperation said. I'll stay as long as I have to. To rescue my baby. That's desperation. There's a big difference between curiosity and desperation. Let me set the stage for the reading that we had today. Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him to the top of a mountain. It was a field trip, a mountain excursion. And he left his other nine disciples at the bottom of the mountain. While he was up there, Jesus began to shine. He was transfigured. Now, this did not happen Immediately, it took some time, and as usual, over the course of time, in waiting, the disciples, Peter, James, and John, fell fast asleep. And they missed much of what went on. So when we say Jesus was transfigured, let's look at that for a moment. What do we say? Well, if we think that it was just that heaven shone a spotlight on Jesus, we're missing the point. Warren Wiersbe points out the word transfigured describes a change on the outside 
that has originated on the inside. He further states it's the opposite of a masquerade. You know, when Mardi Gras comes around, people put masks on the outside, but it does not change what's on the inside. Well, what was happening with Jesus was a change, was a difference that was emanating from within. Guzik cites Spurgeon and notes, the real miracle was that Jesus kept the glory from shining all the time. The Bible says, John said it, we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So Jesus began to shine. And as He shone or was transfigured, Moses, this is amazing, and Elijah showed up and started talking to him about the plan of God uh, concerning the seed of the woman crushing the head of the serpent, the death, burial, and resurrection. Moses had been dead for 1,400 years. Elijah had been dead for 900 years. And Peter, James, and John wake up and catch the tail end of this this convention going on. And in their grogginess, they, they try to wrap their minds around what they saw. Somehow they knew this was Moses and Elijah. Maybe they overheard Jesus saying, well, Moses, blah, blah, blah. Or, well, Elijah, blah, blah, blah. Somehow they knew this was Moses and Elijah. And they're so caught up in the moment. Moses, uh, uh, Peter is, is, is rubbing his eyes and blurting out, Holy cow, let's build three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. Now, when he said that, uh, a holy cloud from heaven descended. Now this cloud is traditionally referred to as the Shekinah. The the Shekinah is not Jehovah's girlfriend, you know. The the Shekinah is is a a word that's used to describe this cloud, this glory cloud. we, We see it throughout the Old Testament. It's the cloud that led Israel. It's the cloud that met with Moses and out of which God spoke. It's the cloud that was at the door of the tabernacle. It's the cloud that appeared to the high priest in the Holy of Holies. It's the cloud that filled Solomon's temple. It's the cloud that was in Ezekiel's vision. It's the cloud that overshadowed Mary and she conceived. It's the cloud that was at the ascension of Jesus. He rose on that cloud. And it is the same cloud that will be surrounding Jesus when He returns and takes His church home. As soon as Peter suggested that they get in a building program... The Shekinah cloud of God appeared. Oh, if that could only happen at life point, when I start talking about a building program, if the Shekinah glory of God could appear, I think that might would help with our sacrificial offering, wouldn't you say? The Shekinah cloud of God appeared, and Moses and Elijah disappeared, and a voice from God boomed out of that cloud and said, This is my son. Hear him. It was a rebuke, actually, to Peter, saying, shut your mouth, boy. You don't need to hear Moses and Elijah. You need to hear Jesus. Years later, Peter mentions this in his epistle. It's like those words, that voice was still ringing in his ears. This is my son. Hear him. Now, meanwhile, at the bottom of the mountain, the other nine disciples were having struggles of their own. 
they had been approached by the father of a son who had a deafness and an inability to speak. He also had seizures. He foamed at the mouth and would become rigid and throw himself in water and fire. The scripture says this was because of demons. He was possessed. He was tortured by demons. And in desperation, there's a difference between curiosity and desperation. And in desperation, his father came to the disciples of Jesus looking for help. Now, Jesus had authorized these nine disciples to cast out demons. This should have been no big deal to them. They had already been successful at casting out demons in their own ministries. If you'll remember, they told Jesus after one ministry tour, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So this desperate father shows up. I'm talking about the difference between curiosity and desperation. This desperate father shows up. And although we don't have their exact words, I'm sure they said something like their master would have said. They said something along the lines of demon spirits, come out of this boy, loose him and let him go. Now they had done this before and it worked. But you know what happened this time? Nothing. Absolutely nothing happened this time. The man had to be devastated. And then to add insult to injury, a, a religious debate broke out. A fight broke out between the disciples of Jesus and the scribes. Now we've heard a lot about the Sadducees and the Pharisees. But who are the scribes? Well, they're also tall, uh, called teachers of the law. Most of them were vehemently, or, ve yeah, you know what I'm saying. Most of them were crazy opposed to Jesus. They were largely responsible for his crucifixion. The scribes, that is. They were the ones who were behind the stoning of Stephen. These scribes. They persecuted the early church including Peter and John. And apparently, they were giving the disciples of Jesus grief for failing to heal this boy who had been brought to Jesus because of a desperate father. Now the scribes could not heal him either. But they were giving the disciples a hard time, criticizing them for their failure. And the disciples, listen, they were not pushovers. They pushed back. It was a fight. It was all about this sick boy and why he wasn't healed. The scribes were there out of curiosity. The father was there out of desperation. I'm talking about a difference between curiosity and desperation. Now I want to drill down a little bit deeper into the psyche of this father. You have to look at it from his point of view. He's desperate. His son has major issues he harms himself I mean if you've ever seen a kid have a seizure you know how difficult that is to watch if you've ever seen an adult do that and then for the, the kid to throw himself in water and have the potential of drowning or throw himself in fire and have the potential of 
dying, being burned alive, being burned up. This, this father is desperate and he's heard of Jesus and he's heard of Jesus' disciples. And so out of great faith, Bobby, out of tremendous faith and, and desperation, he seeks them out. He finds out where they are. He tracks them down and he brings his boy to them and he asks for prayer and for deliverance and for healing. In other words, he's done his part. He, he has, he's delivered the son to the ones who have the power to deliver his son. And it doesn't work. He, he gets him in proximity. He gets him to the front line. He gets the question out. He gets them to pray. And nothing happens. You talk about discouragement, disappointment setting in. And to make matters worse, his son's case now is thrown around like a football. The scribes and the disciples arguing while his son is still suffering. Now I want to try to bring this home. Are you with me? I want to try to bring this home. Some of us, we mustered up all the faith we could. We came to church. We brought our biggest needs to the altar. And we were desperate for a miracle. And, and you know what we got, some of us? We walked in. We came up front. And it looks like nothing happened. It seemed like a good idea. It seemed like we could get a miracle at the church. That's what we heard about. It's a place where desperate people get help. Right? That's what we think. But for whatever reason, some of us, in our cases, it, it just didn't work. We, we walked away still sick. We walked away still broke. We walked away still struggling with that addiction. And not only that, we found ourselves in the middle of conflict. Some churches are filled with conflict. Sometimes LifePoint has had conflict in the past. And we'll probably have a little bit here and there in the future. I'm not prophesying that in Jesus' name. But I'm just saying, anytime you get people together, you get some conflict. And so not only, not only did we struggle and leave struggling, there was some squabbling and fighting and arguing in the church. And meanwhile, we're dying in our desperation. That's where this father was. And you know what that did for his faith and what it does for us as well? He went from, I believe if I can get my kid to Jesus and his followers, everything's going to be alright. He went from that to, I believe, I think, maybe, I'm not sure, I struggle with my unbelief. He had a certain a certainty at first, but now he was struggling with uncertainty. He was sure to begin with. Now he wasn't totally sure. You know what happened to him? He got jaded. He got jaded. He lost that innocent faith, man. All things are possible. Anything can happen. I just need to get in the presence of God. I just need to get to the church. If I can just get to that altar, I know everything's going to be alright. And he got to the altar. And he got in the presence of God. And you know what happened? Nothing. And he went from that certainty to that jadedness. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm hoping. I think, I think it can happen. I remember in my own life, there was a time when I believed God could do anything. I was certain, man. I had no doubt. 
And in my home church, conflict broke out. A struggle took place. There was all kind of things that happened. The pastor resigned. All kind of scandal. And I walked out of that situation jaded. And I questioned everything I thought I was sure of. And I, I, I began to wonder, is that true? Does, does God really, does he really do that? Is he really real? I questioned so much. And the reason why was because of the conflict and the struggle. That happens, folks. That's life, folks. I'm going to tell you, it happens. I wish that I could protect you all from being jaded and from, from unbelief ever creeping in. But I'm just going to tell you. We live in a fallen world. It's a prodigal world. It's a broken world. You get to church together. Nobody's perfect. If you're perfect, you need to find another church because we're going to mess you up. I'm just going to tell you right now. Look around you. Ain't nobody perfect here. And those disciples weren't perfect. Jesus rebuked them. They had some pieces missing. But in the conflict of it all was a man who was desperate and disappointed. Have you ever been desperate and disappointed? It didn't work. It didn't come through. I'm leaving the same way I came. We love to shout and talk about I came in one way and I left differently. Amen to that. And I know it happens. But there's sometimes, and I'm preaching to somebody today, where we come in one way and we leave the same way. Jesus Shows up, gets the story out of the man, and he reached out to his desperation. He challenged him again. If you can believe, Jesus said to him, all things are possible to him who does believe. What's all things in this case? Your boy. With his seizures. With his deafness. With his inability to speak. Your boy with his self-destructive behaviors. Your boy can be delivered. If you can believe it's possible. Then it is possible. For him to be delivered. Can I remind you. You may have been disappointed, but what you came to Jesus for in the first place is still possible. It really is. The devil may be whispering in your ear, it's useless, it's hopeless. I want to tell you, the devil's a liar. You are not crazy and your faith is not misplaced. People may have let you down. And for whatever reason, you may not have gotten your miracle yet. But your miracle is still a very real possibility. Hear what I'm saying. If you can believe, anything is possible. Say anything. Say anything. Anything is possible to him who believes. Can you give him some praise right now? Anything is possible. And the father's response with tears, it says, streaming down his face. This is a desperate man. He cries out and he's very honest. He said, I still believe. But, but if I was honest with you, Jesus, I would tell you I'm struggling. I've got some doubts now. He was saying, I got to be straight up honest. 
I'm struggling. I believe, but oh, I've got some doubts. I love the response of Jesus. He doesn't say to this man, you faithless generation, you sorry dog, you shouldn't be so easily swayed by the failure of some of my disciples. He doesn't say that. He doesn't chastise him. He doesn't look at this man and say, you're a failure. You are the reason your son is still sick. You are a failure. I can't stand people like you. You're on your own, pal. No, Jesus doesn't say anything like that. He says, Father, hey, bud, bring me your boy. I want to encourage you today. Somebody in this house, you need to hear this. You can still bring your problem to Jesus. You don't need to give up. You don't need to give in. You need to try once again. Jesus is not slamming you because you're struggling with some doubts. You may have been disappointed. You may have gotten zero results in the past. You may not be as sure as you once were. You may be struggling with uh, unbelief today. But there's a difference between curiosity and desperation. The desperate one says, I'm still struggling, but I'm still desperate. And I'm going to push through my struggles and my doubts. And in desperation, one more time. I'm going to cry out to Jesus. The desperate will not be stopped by their doubts. Hear what I'm saying. God can do more with the faith. Listen to me. God can do more with the faith that you have left than the devil can do with the doubts that you've got. The Lord can do more with that little bit of faith. He can move mountains with faith the size of a mustard seed. He's not touched. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows we're flesh. He knows we're dust. He knows we struggle with doubts and fears. And God can do more with the faith you've got left. Some of you need to look the devil in the eye and say, I still believe. The devil said, well, you've you got your doubts. Yeah, but I'm still here. And I still believe. And I'm still coming to Jesus. God can do more with the doubts that you have. With the faith that you have. Than the devil can do with the doubts that you're struggling with. Can you stand with me right now? There's a difference. Big difference. Between curiosity and desperation. Big difference. We don't like to talk about the struggle. We don't like to talk about the times we were let down. You know, the failures that we have. The failures of the church. I'm lead pastor. Listen, as a church planter, I've had people that have supported us through the years. And, and this is what I've discovered. People that were interested in what was going on at LifePoint. We started 11 and a half years ago. The people that were interested in what was going on, they didn't want to hear the struggle. They just wanted to hear the good stuff. So they would ask me, how's it going? And there were times I would say, well, you know, we've got this struggle. This is hard. This part's difficult. They didn't want to hear that. I realized soon enough, they didn't want to hear that, Josh. They just wanted to hear the good news. Like, LSU won yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. My bad. It was y'all's kicker. They just wanted to hear the good news. I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. 
It was a terrible win. It was a terrible loss. All of it was bad. But uh, bottom line is this. They only wanted to hear the good news. They didn't want to hear the bad news. But listen, I've been around a block a time or two. I've struggled myself. I've been jaded, as I just mentioned. There are times when church didn't always work out the way we thought it would work out. Let's just go ahead and acknowledge that. Sometimes the disciples needed rebuke. Sometimes we as churches need rebuke. We don't produce like we should. But that's no reflection on the goodness of our God and the faithfulness of Jesus, right? I mean, you can still trust Him. People can let you down. People are going to fail. They're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. The church is not always going to get it just right. But I serve a God who never fails. I, I serve a God who is ever faithful, who will never let you down. And I just want to encourage somebody today. If you're desperate, don't let your doubts stop you. Push on through. Because God wants to do something great in your life. The end of the story is the Lord rebuked that spirit. It came out of him. That boy's life was forever changed. Because the father in his desperation refused to tuck tail and go home. Scribes, Pharisees, disciples arguing. His son still in bondage. The man just kept pushing. I'm not done. I've got doubts. I've been let down before. But I'm, I'm pleading. I'm, if, would you please? Jesus said, all things are possible if you just believe. I do, Lord. But God knows I've got my doubts. I got, I've been let down. The Holy Ghost has sent me to tell somebody today, you may have been let down. But he hasn't let go of you. You're still in the palm of his hands. He's still working on you, working through you. He wants to do something great in your life. Don't give up. Let that desperation drive you beyond your doubts. I want to say a prayer right now. Father, thank you so much. Your faithful and just truth. Just, just bow before you. Your faithful people have let us down. Even good Christian people have let us down, Lord. Church people have let us down. Some of us, we've not received everything we thought you had promised us. We don't understand why. We've spun our doubts, Lord. We've got to be more desperate than we are doubtful. Our desperation is driving us to, in faith, move forward and ask once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.